Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to episode 30, season two of Mud Her Podcast. We're rewriting the Mother Code on this episode around loss and mothering ourselves around loss. And what does that look like? What does that entail? And I have the honor and privilege to have had a as a guest for this episode, Lindsay Julian, an inspiring young woman who shares her journey very, very rawly, very openly around the loss of her mother and, you know, really kind of the ins and outs, ups and downs of her mothering journey before, during, and after the loss of her mother and things that we both celebrated together on that journey, things she learned and what's opened up for her around how she's now engaged and opened herself up to a whole new chapter in her life. I know you'll relate to her. I know you'll be inspired by her just as I was, and we can all walk away with vision for yourself around what's possible when we go on the journey of mothering ourselves. So without further ado, let's get to it. All right. So here we are on Rewrite the Mother Code podcast, the season of Mother Her. And I have the blessing and privilege to have on the show today, Lindsay. 
And Lindsay comes to us in the week that we're focusing on and working on mothering ourselves around loss. And Lindsay has, you know, done some beautiful particular work uh, around this area that we're going to spend some time focusing on and how do we mother ourselves around loss and in ways I know, and I've already been inspired by her. So I have no <laughs> doubt that we're going to share in some inspiration together and, and go on a journey together. So thank you for so much for being here, Lindsay. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So we're going to just kind of jump right in, you know, here's the big topic of mothering, right? But if you want to I don't know, maybe before we like jump right in there, do you, is there anything you want to just say a little bit about yourself, a little bit about like to kind of bring yourself here and present and just say a little bit about who you are and then we'll, we'll go from there. I'll say more about you in our show notes and <laughs> things like that, but anything that, that you can, you know, share with us about you. Yeah. I mean, I can provide you with like the basics of who I am. Like, you yes. know, I'm, I live in Logan square in Chicago. I've been here for a few years. I'm 33 single and just, you know, like you mentioned, you know, have past couple of years have been, you know, a journey for me uh, since loss of my mother. So I uh, just um, love this type of stuff and to be able to share and stuff. So I'm huge on self-discovery and self-awareness. So this is very exciting for me to, to do. And, but yeah, that's pretty much, that's just me just <laughs> on my well, own independent girl as always. Awesome. Yes. And there's a lot, you know, and what I love about that is we get to have this window in from you and your perspective, you know, cause I know you had, were able to participate in the rewrite the mother code mastermind and, you know, so beautiful to have a gathering of women where we're in all phases and all spaces of the mothering continuum. And, you know, you represent yeah. a very important aspect of that, you know, a young woman, you know, mothering her single life, mothering her career, you know, mothering what is in the moment there for you in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, considerable and that you see those as opportunities, you know, that this is, <laughs> this is a space that you, you know, seek out and, and provide for yourself. So that's, you know, uh, something I really want to underline here as we talk about what it means to mother ourselves. So just in that, yeah. we already know ways that you're doing that. So, yeah. So if, if you can bring us into, you know, this, journey that you've been on, you know, the last couple of years, and this is specifically around the loss of your mother. And so, you know, us as listeners and that, that, that we, you know, whenever someone shares their story or I share my story, I love it because it helps us, you know, both relate, be inspired and know that we're not alone and see ourselves and also see possibilities in how someone has navigated this. So if you don't mind, I'd love for you to just jump right into that. So uh, back in 2017, my mom was diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer of the uterine lining. Mm -hmm. It was stage one to begin with, and she was very career oriented, just really, really into her career. And they told her she should get chemo and radiation, but she was like, I'm starting a new job. I don't want my hair. To, I don't want to lose my hair. You know, I want to be at my best. And so instead of getting the treatment, she had a full hysterectomy and, you know, we all just kind of like crossed our fingers that it went away. And then a year later, she was diagnosed with stage four and it, it didn't take long for her to, yeah. So it, it wow. stayed in there. The hysterectomy didn't get it all. And I think there's some anger behind that still that I have a little bit of like, you could have prevented this, you know, had you you know, done the treatment or had you been healthier or, you know, whatever it may have been, but she got stage four and she passed. So I found out, I think it was November of 18 and then she passed June of 20. So it was pretty fast. Oh, and really uh, fast. yeah, yeah, she, it was, it, it's like, it's like a 
all of a sudden it's like the decline you know it's just so like once it's stage four it's like all of a sudden it's like you know it's downhill it was weird it was just I was kind of like on a high of like you know I was running 10 miles a day trying to just stay healthy so I could do what I could do to be there for the situation but um yeah she had cancer and and she just she fell victim to that she was 60 you know and it's 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 easy to get ang- you know it's easy to be upset like you know that somebody for that even though you shouldn't right like it's cancer no. but like <laughs> anger is a big part of you know, the mourning process and mothering yourself is, you know, we have so many rules around various emotions, but I, I want to name and don't mean to cut you off on that, but just to at yeah. least say that we shouldn't have to apologize and we're going to have anger where we go yeah. with it. But yeah, keep going. So I'm not really sure where to pinpoint, but it was just an interesting time. And I remember that when it was happening, I was like, so I'm really into health and fitness. And so as it was happening, I was like, well, I have to stay, I have to stay okay. If I, if I don't stay okay, then I'll probably like fall off a cliff. Right. Like it was like all or nothing, you know? So I was just like constantly trying to fix things so that I could go pick up my mom if I had to, or, or without crying or try to keep a face up for people, you know? And I remember one day, um, I was at my dad's house and it was me, my dad and my brothers. My mom called that day. She was at work. She actually worked to the last week she died. She was like a powerhouse. Yeah. It was, she's insane. She's like, she's incredible. Yeah. But she was at work and she called my dad and, um, she asked him for a ride and nobody could give her a ride except for me. Thank God I was there. I mean, I live in the city. And I was just so happy to be there. And I remember I, this was a couple of weeks before she passed. I showed up to her work and I went to the office and I couldn't find her. And I'm like knocking on the door in the office because she was a realtor for new homes. So she had like a little home office, you know, it was just her. And I found her in her car with the car running, passed out from the painkillers. And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, had I not been at my dad's, you know, and he's on the phone with her, like, well, I'll call you an Uber. And it's like, well, I don't think she could have even called an Uber. There's just so much surrounding it. And um, I remember I took her home that day and it wasn't, it was about a week before she was already in hospice and gone. So there's multiple dynamics that I was dealing with at the same time. Huge, um, Lindsay. These are while she was yeah, sick, yeah. really big and these little miracle moments, right? Like I happen to be there. I don't know if you happen to be right. there, but you know, I like thinking of these things as, you know, and seeing these, these miracles, but you mentioned that health and fitness was kind of your anchor or yeah. your core. Do you want to say more about how that supported you and how that helped you through? It was like a therapy. Like, I mean, I, I don't know what it is about health that's always like been important to me, but when I'm in crisis, I tend to operate that way. Like instead of me falling downhill, I'll kind of hype myself up by doing things that make my body feel good. Because if I don't, I'm afraid I'll fall, you know, too far Mm -hmm. down, you know? And, and so it's kind of like a way it's like a survival thing. I think running got me through all of it just running is therapy. I don't do races. I'm, I run for me, you know, Mm. I run for like my mental health and for my physical health. And it got me through while she was sick. It got me through her death. Um, it got me through, it still gets me through tough days. You know, um, I ran 13 miles yesterday. It was mother's day, you know, so it was, you know, a tough day for me. And I was like, I was going to go running because I didn't know what else to do with myself. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just, that's my best friend is running. You know, it's, we all have our something, right? 
And that's just what I did. And I went to therapy too, you know, and I did a lot of journaling during that time. You know, I, sure. I'm very much like that. That was kind of how I took care of myself during that time was just writing it out. And, you know, I'm not one to reach out to people very often. I'm not very good at like telling someone I need a hug. Like it makes mm. me feel funny, you know? So <laughs> instead I'm journaling and I'm running and nature is like my, I always run outdoors. I never run inside. And that's kind of my like hug. And I have wonderful friends, but I just, I just have a hard time not being the strong one. Mm. I don't like to be viewed as like weak. And so I'll often do other outlets and therapy instead of like reaching out to friends for like hugs and talks, you know? (laughs) No. And, and that, you know, that's a big, that might end up being like a next stage of your journey and that's okay. You know, but Mm -hmm. it sounds to me that, you know, when you're intentional about, you know, what I'm hearing from you is that, you know, and I love hearing, like, I, I would run outside and nature. And I, I think many of us, I, myself included, found that this year, just how much of a source of nurturance and sustaining and that, that nature is and can yeah. be in really like medicine. You know, I, I've always valued it. I always like it. I always feel good. And the more I've learned about, you know, what it can provide, I've had that awareness, but I had the opportunity to be in it much, much more this past year. And like, now I just know that it's, you know, like you, it, it has to be more in my life. Someone could use something like running or even, even reaching out to friends, like how we hold it is what matters, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it could just be an escape. It could be just like, I'm going to go like leave myself and go running, but that's right. not, you know, what I'm hearing from you. It's where you intentionally were drawing nourishment for yourself. And I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, something I, I feel like you're saying, and hopefully I'm reflecting that in the right way with you, uh, that that is a place and, you know, and wanting to be strong, you know, our body is a vehicle for us, right? It is a a vessel, you know, and having that operating Mm -hmm. optimally to engage in life is beautiful and, and really important. So you know, you valuing that and using it in that way. And you can decide then, you know, do I want to add, you know, hugs to this at some point? I don't have to, you know, but (laughs) I have something that works for me. And, and if I want to expand, you know, into more things I could, right. Just to have more of a repertoire of possibilities, you know, to tend to yourself, but this one, this one is carried and, you know, just out of seeing the incredible value you've had, you're exploring this beyond just this thing that you do to take care of yourself. Am I right? So last year during COVID, it had been less than a year since my mom had passed during that time. I focused a lot on like mindfulness and just, you know, learning how to be more in the moment. I actually made a lot of progress there, but a relationship with somebody ended this January. And I Mm. never realized how, even though this person wasn't the right partner for me and and really, even when we were dating, it wasn't like we were living together and we really weren't even fully committed. It was kind of like a COVID relationship, you know? Um, And uh, he wasn't really there for me the way like a real partner would be there for you. And it was a little different, but I first, I didn't realize how much I depended on another person until, you know, he evacuated from my life, you know, all of a sudden I was like, wasn't there. Yeah. Right. Like really, like really there was nobody. Right. And so this year, all of a sudden I like hit rock bottom in emotionally. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I don't have the, that pillar. Like my mom used to be the pillar. I think Mm -hmm. I grabbed onto this person because I just needed something to be standing somewhere so that I could feel like I could lean on it. And because I don't have a lot of other of that in my family, it, 
was important for me and I didn't realize how much I needed it until this year. And so I've really been learning how to stand on my own two feet this year. And I've kind of been forced Mm. to like, I started looking into the child within me and I bought like a workbook and I started reading about it and it was really hard. And in fact, even in the book, it says, do not rush this. Like you will go through some emotional (laughs) trauma during this and like, please put it away when you need to. Like it really should take a span of like one to four years to get through this book, right? It's very serious about that. And I noticed as I got into chapters one and two that I was a wreck and I was like, oh my God, like I'm learning all these things about my attachment style and my childhood and how it's affecting who I am. And all of a sudden you have to face your truth. You know, I really had to face my truth this year and Mm. be like, wow, you're really flawed. (laughs) Like, you know, you've been like literally trying to survive the past 32 years, you know? So like, who is the child within you? Like, who are you really? Right. So this year has been like the hardest year because all of a sudden now it's not just health and mindfulness. Now it's learning how to be me without mom and without partner, you know, and I am divorced as well. So, you know, I I've often had somebody in my life. I kind of made that happen for myself. So even though I've been independent, I've never been so independent that I like actually just literally have, I've just had my, my friends, but not like a partner, right? Not that pillar that you can always reach out to or to look forward to seeing or something, you know, intimacy is different. A close relationship like that is different than a friendship, right? So it's been a very difficult year, but uh, I will say that I I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like I can feel it, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm just keeping, I'm just keep working through it. And I think right now I'm in the chapter where it talks about what needs were met as a child and how you met those needs if they weren't met by your parents. So like your survival tactics, right? Versus like. Yeah. It's so weird. And I looked and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that my parents did provide me with this need, right? There's like 30 needs that they list. And then I, I'll be like, oh, I see they didn't provide me with this, you know, need, which one of them was like listening. Like I was the middle child syndrome. So I always mm. felt like I wasn't listened to. And then I'm like, oh, no wonder I'm always like, you know, trying to talk over and, and defend myself when I feel triggered, right? Like, because I feel like I'm not being heard. So I'm like, no, you're going to listen to me, you know? And um, so like just stuff like that is sobering to find out that there's reasons why you are the way you are. And I didn't realize how like significant my mom, how much of a pillar she was and how much of a comfort she was in my life because she was the other state, more stable person. Mm-hmm. And so I had something to fall back on. And now I don't, and I have to be a safe space for myself. And that has been just a real interesting journey this year. So, and at no. 33, you know, it's like, okay, thirties really, you know, couldn't have done this like in the last decade. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat. 
getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if that idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up, but now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. Well, I will say to that one first, but there's a lot I want to just underline from what you just shared, Lindsay, that's a lot to celebrate, huge inspiration, but some people don't start this journey till 50s, 60s, like later, right? right? And so I think 30, 33 is pretty darn good, you know, and, (laughs) and thirties like, yay you, but yes, we're all any point at which we take it on. We're like, Whoa, I wish I had known this sooner or what would my life have been like? Had I, you know, been exploring this sooner. So I also totally understand some of the regret and remorse of it too, but some things that were definitely standing out for me and what you were just sharing with is how much just this path and like getting to the fact and like we call it kind of the like ugly truth or the I forget the word you used right it's like oh my god I didn't realize like I'm really messed up or you know I don't know you you, (laughs) yeah you said it but it's such a a funny thing because it's like yay I discovered I'm you know like there's once you're doing that kind of work you realize And after a while, when we stop like feeling, you know, some shame or that about it, that it's such a, an opening, you know, and when we realize by not doing that and venturing into what I think is really courageous territory to, you know, open the kimono, so to speak, or really look in the mirror, really (laughs) tell the truth, you know, and break family taboos, break beliefs that have been wired in us about what's okay and not okay to explore And, you know, a whole world opens up for you. Yeah. Some of it is opening up the pain and the, you know, kind of the dark side and the messy side, but we'll never feel the full light or see our full potential without it. And I think that's what you're underlining and seeing that is so beautiful. Right. And then to get, oh, you know, I've also relied on, 
you know, or even if I feel independent, you know, but I've always had my mom there, then, you know, somebody that's kind of there and that you're getting how much the journey is, you know, and yeah, I might use the word mothering yourself, but you're growing yourself up now, right? Like you're going back to that time and, and looking at what gaps were there and how can I get those filled? Because mm -hmm. my parents aren't going to do it. And even if my mom was alive, it wouldn't be her job to do it now. Right. Um, right. the places where they weren't and and some of those holes, it's like, as an adult, I get to choose how I'm going to do that. Right. And how I'm going to mm -hmm. give myself all of that. So then I can, you know, invite a significant other in, right. I always talk to women too, who are thinking about having children, that this kind of work is so important um, and so valuable before, you know, we have a partner and then, or if we decide to have kids, because then we're not looking to them to fill this gap and right. this hole that's there, right. We're aware Definitely. and, you know, and, and so I, I think you're articulating it beautifully. I just wanted to underline and, <laughs> and celebrate it a little bit more, you know, for, <laughs> and certainly you. <laughs> we're, you know, I, I think our culture is moving towards seeing this as something that, and I hope someday it's seen as just like part of our education, right? Like part of just like we go to school, we do this kind of work to, you know, right? unravel and be it where it's not like we wait till there's yeah. a big problem or we wait, you know, or we you only right. like do this kind of thing when there's an issue, but it's like, no, we do this to, to live optimally, you know, to live to our potential. And this is just like, you'd get a, you know, a coach or support to do a sport, you know, or if you've, you know, times you maybe have used a running coach or anything like that, like, because we don't know everything. Right. And we're not supposed to, right. and there's worlds available to us when you go on this journey. And I think that's, what's exciting that it feels like you're starting to uncover. Yes. Yes. It's been a journey, <laughs> the journey, but mm -hmm. it should be part of, I feel like it should be part of like the curriculum, right? Like, right? it's like, you know, it should be like, you know, the child within 101, you know, and then, and then like, you know, how to pay your bills 101. And then, you know, like all like the stuff that like, you really need to know, you know, about living life. Yeah. <laughs> about exactly. living life that we have relationship kind of like 101. Right. Oh my God. Yes. That would be, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting to see a little bit like they are, we are you know, some schools are trying to incorporate a, a social emotional intelligence type curriculums, you know, and, and see that we need to educate beyond our intellect, you know, and just our heads, um, right. but also our hearts and, you know, that, and now, you know, they're seeing it in leadership, there's data to show that, you know, this kind of awareness raising and education and practice in reality, isn't just a fluffy, nice thing, you know, to add to feel yeah. good. It's, you know, it's going to be imperative in the way our world is evolving, you know, and, right. and how we want to, you know, actually have a planet that survives, <laughs> and yeah. works for, you know, it's, it's, there's some pretty big circumstances here. But we have to see it for ourselves, right? We can't even, right. I think, explore some of these bigger life issues and bigger world issues until we know what that process is like within ourselves, right? And to yeah. go through, yeah. you know, this child within, because otherwise we're just trying to put a bandaid on something or fix something so we feel better versus mm -hmm. a different way that we can have an impact when we're clear. Yeah. You know, I think that's where the shift happened this year was like, even though working out and eating healthy is, I think one of the most important things out there. I do think that it is a way to just make yourself, it's a way to make yourself feel better. Right. But like, I wasn't really tackling like the nitty gritty until this year. So now it feels mm -hmm. like, and not that it was a band-aid before, because I certainly did other things, but it was more of a band-aid than what I'm doing now. I mean, it was essentially so that I could stay 
healthy and feeling good while I was going through this. Whereas like now it's like, well, I know this isn't making me feel very good because I'm going through all these like emotional, you know, this emotional roller coaster. Um, but I, I know that it's worked for a lot of people and I'm trusting the process. Once you get into the nitty gritty, it's, it's hard. And some people never do it. And I think that's something that it's just, it's so hard for some people and some people don't even believe in this stuff, you know, or, mm -hmm. and, you know, I wonder if there was something in school or a curriculum for this, that at least, even though like you're not living it at that time, it's still a toolbox for you early in life and it's still yep. something. And so it might at least open up more minds to know, oh, well, I learned this in school. This is a topic I can, this is now relating to me in real life. Like, oh, I remember hearing hearing this there. I remember yes. that this is, can work for people, right? And like maybe more people who maybe our world population will just be more, you know, live more up to our full potential and do more good because, you know, we have this education shift in the system. You know, I mean, the system sometimes can really underestimate the power of you know, just the education and people trust their teachers, you know, like yeah. it, it would just be cool if they could do that. As I just, I know so many people that don't go through this work and they don't want to, they really, they just, you know, do they do their thing? And, but then they, you know, my therapist told me like, there are some people that I see that she says, they're older, 50s, 60s, and they still have the same, you know, they still go for the wrong partners and they're still going through these patterns. And they're like, why, you know, why is this happening? And it's like, it was too hard for you to face why you might've been doing that, right? Like I used to chase my, I was always a chaser, a boy chaser. Mm. And why am I such a boy chaser? And, and, you know, blah, and now I'm like, oh, I see. Oh, oh, okay. I'm trying to gain acceptance. Like this is a thing that comes from my child. Like now I get it. Now I'm like, okay, well, you can stop doing that now. Cause that's not working right. for you. <laughs> you know? I can like, practice something different and see what happens. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I would love to see that. I think it's going to be young people like you and people, you know, that do choose to go on this journey too. And what you're doing now and agreeing even, you know, to share this journey will let other people know that it's okay. Right. And that maybe weren't quite ready, but you never know what hearing it a certain way or somebody else maybe have been saying the same thing, but they'll hear it from your voice and be like, oh, okay, well, suddenly that makes sense, right? And I think us all right. <laughs> talking and sharing and being willing to be out there with it to a degree and transparent will make it more okay. And just like you were saying, when a child hears it in school, even if it you know isn't practiced at home or they get a very different message at home, they're still getting a message that, well, some people think this is okay, right? It's, some people think right. it's okay to have my feelings and that they're valid and that they're valuable and that that kind of exploration is something. And, and like you said, it just is a seed that could end up just being a seed that's planted, you know, depending on right. that, that later will be a touchstone to go back to that, you know, it isn't just this one voice that I've heard along the way. So I, I love right. that. And I, I love that as a, as a vision, because I, I have seen that happen because, you know, I've known people who have brought emotional curriculums into their classrooms and then the kids bring it home. And if the parents haven't been open right. to it and, and you're suddenly your child saying, let's have our feelings, you know, or I feel angry. It's like, you're not allowed to right. feel angry. You know, and then they get mad at the school and it's <laughs> like, why are you teaching them this? You know? Right. Right. <laughs> it's, but I think as more people like do it and then they have kids who, 
And then they're also in a home environment that accepts it. You know, it, it's going to take time, you know, like right. you said, right? Like just the workbook, right? And I love that. There's no quick fix to any of this. And, you know, if we spent our whole upbringing and for you, for example, you know, the first 30 years of your life operating and thinking one way, we can't expect to in a few months that to all like transform, right? But doing something in a continuous dedication to it, it will, it can, right. and it will, I've seen it, right. I've been coaching for 20 years and my own journey, and mm -hmm. I have no doubt it's possible. And I, ha I have right. both no doubt it takes time, but there's still the journey. There is no end point. There's no like, oh, well it takes this long. And when I hit here, then I'm magically done. Right. So there's also no, <laughs> never right. a done because we're completely expansive and I, you know, it's kind of good news, bad news, right? There's no getting fixed, but there, <laughs> there is continuous acquiring, like you said, of tools, of possibilities, of new awarenesses that take me somewhere brand new, or I revisit an old womb, but at a deeper level because of something that gets triggered. Right. right. And we see it more as a spiral than some linear path that has some destination, <laughs> but we can set goals right. along the way, you know, and want things. So I think that's very Definitely. cool. Now, is this something that's also translating in your work, Lindsay? And we'll just explore that a little bit. Yeah. So it, it has, I have a, an interesting career path. I, in my twenties, um, I actually, I ran a nonprofit organization. It was a grassroots nonprofit focused on the prevention of illicit drug addiction. And I did that and fell in love with the public sector. And I was in, I got, that's where I got my master's in was public administration. And I was in the field for seven years. And then when my mom passed, I lost my job and I had to start serving tables again. This was while she was six. So this was uh, January 19. I keep losing track of the years, but you know what I mean? Less than two years mm -hmm. ago. So I guess it would have been yeah. 19. And so I was serving tables and I kind of fell back into property management, which is what I do now. And it was just so I could get my career back on track, you know, because I needed to have a career that's like part of me. But as I got through working this stuff and I've never been one to settle for a, for a position or a job that I'm not happy with, but I just knew I had to do what I had to do right now. And mm -hmm. so, but it hit me this year that I just wanted to do, it kind of hit me a little bit last year, but it hit me more this year. Like, all right, I think it's time for you to take a risk and move on into something else. And so I actually just recently provided my job with 60 day notice my friend and I are starting a tea business. We're going to acquire tea leaves and we're going to sell tea with e-commerce and we're going to educate the public on the health benefits of tea. And we want to be part of like that tea movement. There's like a big Beautiful. tea movement. I'm, so, I'm a um, huge tea yeah. fan. I don't drink coffee. I drink tea. So this is, you know, hits me right where yeah. one of my sweet spots. Yeah. Keep going. So, it, but, you know, of course, you know, I, I knew what people were going to say, well, do you have a job lined up? Do you have a job lined up? And I was like, you know what? No, I don't. But I plan to find something fully remote, you know, while I'm working on the business, just something that's going to help me utilize my energy a little better because right now I am constantly on call and it's like a burnout job, unfortunately. Um, and you're around the clock. It's building management. You know, you're, it's always yeah. around the clock stuff. Sure. I had no energy at the end of the day to be like, you know, you know, going for my dreams. And frankly, I really didn't know what those dreams were anymore because mm -hmm. I have just been doing nothing but surviving over the past, you know, year and some months. So I did take the risk and I, and I did provide my resignation so that I could do things that are more in align with my true self, you know, mm -hmm. the things that are going to create purpose for me, the things that are going to make me 
want to get up in the morning, you know, the things that are going to inspire people that are going to make me feel like I'm doing something for somebody. So yes, I did. And I, I haven't actually haven't told my dad yet because I know he's going to go, do you have anything lined up? So I'm practicing saying like, no, but I always figure it out, dad. Or like, you know, this is my life, my choice. You know, it's like, I keep like, I have to like practice saying these things. Cause that's how I feel is just that this is my life. And these are my choices and never have I ever never not been able to figure it out. I've always figured it out. So I'm taking a risk by doing this, but I feel it's a good thing. Like, you know Mm -hmm. how, like when I'm sure you've had times where you've made a decision, you kind of knew like it wasn't the right decision, but you did it anyways, right? Like I've often done that with men. (laughs) Like I've continued to date someone, even though I know I shouldn't be, but I'm like doing it anyways. And so, but when I made this and I've done, I've had similar things with jobs and stuff before where I've quit on impulse, you know, in my early twenties. And I thought, oh, that wasn't very responsible, (laughs) you know, after the fact, because I reacted from emotion, right? But now when I made this decision, it felt right. Like it was, it's scary. Like I need to find a job, right? (laughs) I'm freaked out, you know, but my body feels good about it. And that's like what I'm trying to do more of is just to make those decisions that make my whole self feel good. So if it's a risk, it's a risk, but it's, this journey has brought me to do this. And again, I've, I've gone through a lot in the past couple of years. And so if I, if I could get through that, I can certainly, (laughs) can certainly do this. (laughs) There's so much I love about what you're saying, Lindsay, and just how this journey and this exploration gives us the space to make more expanded choices. And when we've gone through something really challenging, like a loss, you know, and, but then we didn't just try and get through the loss. We really worked our stuff, you know, with the loss and you used it as an opportunity, you know, for your growth and development and transformation, you know, that whole process. And that's when I talk about rewrite the mother code, that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like this transformational opportunity in mothering. And when I say mothering, like mothering yourself and whatever you're mothering and you were mothering, you know, this whole, in this whole experience, yourself, your mom, and, and then having to face now, you know, and, and you did that and that gave you new tools and, you know, strength and something to see like, wow, I could do that. And now I can make a choice that, you know, the culture and my family are saying like, you need stability, you need this, you need that. And you, you are trusting what's going on inside of you and you have a sense of, you know, a rightness, you know, to it and no, you can make a mistake or, you know, and learn from it and that'll be okay. So I wanted to underline all those aspects for it. You know, my mom, she didn't mother herself. I used to be the same as her. She reacted by trying to find an escape and she wasn't a drinker, but she ate, you know, she ate heavily. She did a lot of like the binge eating from her stress and she often just, she, she put everything into her work. And I don't think she ever really took the time to, she, she had a lot of regrets, a lot of regrets in life about what decisions she made. And she would often talk about them and I understand her now more than I ever did. I wish I had understood her when I was, when she was around, cause I could, we could have maybe had some, you know, a closer relationship, right? Like you don't appreciate somebody. I don't, I didn't appreciate her nearly as much as I do now. Cause now I understand her more, you know, in a way, but I want to do, oh, well, one, of course I want her to be proud of me, but also I don't want to be in a place when I, cause anything could happen. Like I could get sick at any moment and something could happen to me. And I just want to make sure that whatever I do is not a reaction 
to something or it's not Perfect. like a stress reaction, which I'm famous yeah. for. Like I constantly battle that constantly. I mean, I'm, I definitely do um, battle that. So um, I constantly have to check myself. Like, like, what do you, what is this action doing for you? Like it's temporary relief or is it like really like something that you're going to hold, you know, it's going to be create moments or is it going to, you know, make you feel better? Like, you know, and it's like, you just constantly have to recheck and recheck yourself over and over again. And I have to do that. Um, and I think my mom just never, she just, she was so, you know, I don't know. She just, she, she was codependent and, and she just grew up and just, uh, it was just rough for her, you know? And, and I think that I learned from her, like I learned mm -hmm. that I was so much like her in so yep. many ways, the good and the bad, and yep. that I needed to take that and, and readjust it because if I choose to have children or adopt one day, even, you know, I want to make sure that whatever lessons I'm then bringing on to them, that there's more of the positive, right? Like I'm getting a lot of positive from my mom, but I want to like pass on to people or my kids or whoever I spend time with that, like more of that positivity, like more of the positive sides, the sides that are full of regret or full of reaction. Right. So, so that they can like carry on through generations, you know, like that's the goal at the end of the day, right. you know? Well, and just to do that, like, you know, some degrees, you know, different or more, you know, more conscious, you know, than our parents takes, you and future generations in a whole different place. And I think, you know, you're underlining that, but I, you're also underlining the awareness that if I don't look at this consciously places where I am like my mother, and I'm just going to do the exact same thing or, right. you know, places where I might be even reacting and doing it differently, but more out of reactivity than actual conscious choice, you know, or vision. And right. that's where, you know, we work with, you know, creating inventory and all of that and really like being with and, and, and exploring that. So then I can make, you know, more conscious choices, you know, and, and then practice new behaviors. Cause that's not going to be easy either. You know, right. even though now I have the awareness, which is so much a big part of the game, but once I have that awareness, if I want it to be different, I'm going to have to practice new behaviors, you yep. know, and you have to like and, unlearn, you have to like unlearn your, yourself kind of not yourself, totally. you have to like unlearn no. what you've been practicing for 30 years. And then you have to like try something different. I mean, imagine how hard it is just to lose five pounds these days. You know, now all of a sudden I have yes. to unlearn something I've been doing for 30 years. Like totally. it's a real task. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, it is. And and so. I think you're reflecting it. And I hope people are, you know, experiencing it like I am with you that, you know, that the hardness of it or the like, you know, the blood, sweat and tears, just like in running, right? Like the effect and what we get from it is so worth it, you know, so worth right. any of the pain and the upset of the journey, because you discover the prize at the end is me, right? Is you and you, you discovering more and more of you and having more of more of you, which is a beautiful thing. I think I would love to, you know, go on for much longer. Actually, <laughs> this is just the kind of conversation I love to have. And I can't imagine anybody listening to this that isn't inspired and, and hopefully like we're talking about, right. Like is, <laughs> can take a step for themselves or see what, you know, a next level or take a look for themselves at, at their lives and, and any blocks or things that are in the way and know <laughs> that it can be different, you know, and, with what you're doing. And I would love to, um, you'll, I'll, I'll definitely get more information on your tea business, wherever it's at or anything that we can point people to Thanks. for that. And yeah, like huge support, you know, for that, for you. So we'll have that in the show notes for sure. And yeah, absolutely. And I wish you the best. And I know 
I plan on staying in contact with you, but we'll, um, of course, yeah, we'll keep our, our listeners updated on your progress. So thanks so much, Lindsay. Yes. Thank you. If you like what you hear in this podcast, and of course, I hope you do, I'm excited to share that my next Mother Code Mastermind is coming up, launching on June 7th. The Mastermind is an immersive six-week exploration into rewriting your Mother Code. You'll be supported by not only me, but a group of extraordinary women, each on her own journey towards self-love, self-prioritization, and self-fulfillment. The Mother Code Mastermind, each one is unique because of the women who come, but it's designed to give you the guidance and tools you need to nurture yourself first, no matter where you are in your life or on your mothering continuum and journey. And be prepared to disrupt everything you've ever believed about the word mother and own it for your own expansion and empowerment. I hope you sign up and you can do so at www.drgertrudelyons.com slash mastermind. And the link is also in the show notes. I really hope to see you there. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.